Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, a daily podcast by Origin Gate. My name is Elijah Ward, and I'm going to bring an insight of the day today. Now, I've spent the last few days with my family out in the woods. We've been in the wilderness up in northern Georgia, um, and it was kind of an opportunity for us to tear away from everyday life, get away from work, get away from um, (laughs) responsibilities, and kind of really just let things get quiet and let us um, kind of allow ourselves to focus in on the one voice and and focus in on the uh, really the chief ministry of our lives to each other as a family. And, uh, you know, and just find our joy again in the midst of all the busyness of life. And it was an incredible few days. But while we were doing that, I actually spent a lot of time meditating through um, through the last few days about about the wilderness. And, you know, it's been a powerful revelation to me about the function of the wilderness and the mystery of the wilderness and and the things that take place in the wilderness that have to do with the voice of Yahweh causing a, a shift to take place. Uh, one of the most powerful revelations to me uh, several years ago about the wilderness was actually found in Hosea. Now, Hosea kind of opens up really ominous and, you know, Yahweh is really upset. He's, he's fired up about, um, about the hearts of Israel going astray. And so he declares things like, uh, I'm going to call those who are my people. I'm going to call you not my people. And, and, um, and he just gets really, really upset about those who have, who have broken their ties and, and really uh, offended the covenant that Yahweh had with his people. And, but there's something that happens later in, I think it's close to the second chapter, when Yahweh is angry. But then it says that there's a, a, there's a random shift that takes place. And, and, and it says this, it says that I will draw her into the wilderness and I will speak tenderly to her. And that part stuck out to me because there's something about the wilderness that that brings about a change of heart, not only in Yahweh, but I think also in ourselves, that there's there's something supernatural that takes place when we get to that position where there are no other voices that have access to speak into our lives, into our heart to declare contrary word to us and and there's there's it's a it's a place where we can get alone and focus in on the one voice uh that really can can whisper those things that makes our soul come alive and um and so as i've been meditating on the wilderness though been really fascinated by the life of of one person who has been marked by the location and the position of the wilderness and that is john the baptist now, there are like several accounts of John the Baptist, um, different um, kind of situations from different perspectives. Um, but really, I've kind of been meditating on kind of the uh, the fullness of everything that I understand and know about the man, John the Baptist, who he was, what he did, where he came from, um, what he gave birth to, or what he laid a framework in the earth um, for what? What was that preparing the earth for? And um, you know, I found it really interesting that he actually, John the Baptist, comes from a lineage of priests. His father was a high priest, and um, so it, the normal path for John the Baptist would have been to actually 
um, step into a um, the office of the priest. But something happened. He was very familiar with the ceremonial um, kind of ritualistic lifestyle of of the Judy of of Judaism of especially the priests in that kind of in that lifestyle and and so he would have known a lot he he probably grew up in the synagogue he's um he's heard every teaching he's he's heard every you know proverbial sermon and so he's got all this knowledge but something happens at a certain point in his life that's not written in scripture um, because it kind of we get introduced to John the Baptist as a voice in the wilderness. But my question is, what happened? What did he see? What, you know, in his life of religious practice, being very familiar with the way things are done, with the program of the religious machine, what did he see that drew him into the wilderness? What caused him to run? in pursuit of the voice in the wilderness that would speak tenderly, that would declare unto him that, uh, that beloved identity that awakens him to who he really is. What did he see that made him begin preaching so fervently in the wilderness, a ministry or a, a, and a message of repentance and, and, and this crazy, never-before-heard kind of proclamation that the kingdom of heaven is at hand? What did he see? And, and you know, as I begin to kind of ask those questions, it unlocks a whole lot of, of other questions for me. There are so many other people in Scripture who were marked by a powerful ministry that began with an observation or an encounter with a word. It actually says that, um, speaking of John the Baptist, I love this. I love that it says... Um, let me actually just read a couple of verses from John chapter 1 real fast. This will kind of lay a framework. But it says, um, He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Yeshua coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me, I myself did not know him, but for his purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. And so what happened was he, w- he was called into the wilderness and a voice began to release to him the plans and the purpose for which he was created. The very function that he was designed to fulfill as a forerunner of the very Christ, the Mashiach, that would come into the world and, and, and would really 
bring a transformation and, and an alignment of heaven and earth. But it was, a requ- it was a requirement for him to be called into the wilderness. But think about what he was called away from. He was called out of a religious system. He was called away from a, a construct of, of, of man-made religion. He was really uh, positioned to kind of take on a new appetite even. I mean, think about what happened. This scripture describes John the Baptist as one who wore camel's hair and, 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 a, and a belt of leather. It also says that his diet was a certain thing. And so the, the wilderness was not only a place where he heard the voice, but it was a place where he was so impacted by the voice that he actually instituted practical changes in his life. He didn't want to dress like the people he came from, like the culture that he stepped out of. He didn't even want to look like it. He didn't want to fill himself with the same food that the culture that he abandoned fed themselves with. He wanted to be re-identified in both his appearance and in the way that he ingested sustenance for himself. And, And he began to really... There was a transformation that I think is beyond anybody's ability to describe because it's not captured within the context of, you know, the story of or the narrative of the gospel. But there is a clear shift and a clear transformation that takes place in John the Baptist that positions him to prepare the way for the coming king to lay a framework in the earth for the weight and the glory of Almighty Yahweh to come and rest in our earth, to marry together the realms of heaven and the realms of the earth, like a transcendent bond, I like to say. It is a bond that is unbreakable. It is, uh, it is a, it's transcending through the dimensions to marry together all of the Father with all that he has given us, this place, this realm. And, uh, and this is, this is something that I want to be, to have. I want to catalyze this kind of awakening in my own life. And so as I was out in the wilderness with my family for the last few days, I began to you know, ask myself, what is it that John the Baptist first saw? What caused him to run into the wilderness to strip himself of those, uh, those cl- the, the, the garments that identified him with the religious system to even begin to change the way, he, uh, the way he hungered for food? His appetite was completely different. What did he see? What so enamored him? What was so transformative in the spiritual field of view or even in the natural? What kind of encounter did he have that caused him to be such a key player in, in, in the occurrence of Yeshua, Christ Yeshua, the Mashiach in the earth? the God of heaven marrying himself into the flesh of man to bring about the love story that is the greatest love story that's ever been told. What did he see? And so I want to encourage you to meditate on this. And this carries over into other people's lives. Like I was going to say earlier, you know, when I think about John the Beloved, the one who gave birth to the miracle of the book of Revelation, when I think about Isaiah the prophet, 
the one who first said, and I saw the Lord. He was seated on a throne and the train of his robe filled the temple and, and he broke open into the revelation of the throne room of Yahweh. And in Ezekiel, I've, I've talked about Ezekiel in this podcast before. I mean, what these these powerful men and women of our faith who have who have been chronicled in our storybook for thousands of years, who were key players of the institution of the kingdom of heaven and the earth, they saw. And after the content of their sight so moved, moved them in the depths of who they were, it, it caused them to institute a practical life of pursuit, completely abandoning everything that was familiar to them, every culture of man, every sinful tendency, everything that marked a natural world of normalcy or of cultural just complacency. They abandoned it and they ran after the truth and the power of the glory of Yahweh for the establishment of the kingdom in this earth. What have they seen? What did the angels see that fly around the throne 24-7 forever and ever and never cease to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This might not be a new question to you, but it is a question worth revisiting. What have these people seen? Because we have to see what they saw in order to do what we are called to do in this earth. So I hope that that's encouraging to you today. Um, I encourage you and I bless you in your pursuit of Yahweh and all that he is as you fix your eyes on the prize of, of, of that seat of union with Christ where we can bring a transformative shift into the earth and, and really position ourselves to see the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. So I bless you today and I'll see you on the next podcast. Shalom.